Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. And hello. Welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. I'm Brother Michael D'Angelo here with you on another Thursday night. And we're back in the book of Acts tonight, Acts chapter 2. Let me get this uh, microphone situated here. And as always, I always have to check. I just checked, but I want to make sure the audio recorder is going. So welcome to you. It wasn't as hot today as it has been um, for several, several weeks. The other day we had a little bit of a rainstorm on Tuesday, and it cooled things down uh, quite substantially. And now uh, the past couple days have been a lot warmer than that, but much, much cooler when you're in like a 115 degree heat index, um, anything lower than that is always great. Um, I saw already here on YouTube, I'm checking the stream. We have, um, as far as the comments go, we have Brother Ken here. Sister Susie, I know, is watching along with Brother Dave. Um, he's watching over there on Facebook and um, YouTube at the same time. My wife says it sounds good. We are live and everything seems to be working well so praise the lord for that just by way of introduction again if this is your first time joining me or if you're watching this for the first time um later on um we we go live every thursday night 8 p.m central standard time and um for the most part there is sometimes we'll put a video out or something but uh and then uh i just always always want to make sure everybody's uh that knows uh, obviously, that watch all the time, but those that may be watching for the first time, we have uh, a YouTube channel along with the Facebook channel, Let This Mind Be In You. You can look that up. And we also stream or upload all the audio um, portions, all the audio. So we take the uh, recordings of the audio and we push them up to podcast.com, Podbean. There's all sorts of different other types of um, uh, podcast platforms that carry. Let This Mind Be In You podcast. You can always look that up. And as I've been mentioning, I don't know what's going on with Spotify, but I still have certain episodes that will only have like three minutes of a 45-minute long episode. So still not sure what's going on with that. I've checked all the other uh, places. Hey, Brother Jason, good to see you on here. I was just thinking about you. Hadn't seen you on here in a while. It's good to see you over there on YouTube. Um, but anyways, I don't know what's going on with Spotify with the audio. I, I've done everything on my end that I can do. So there's just something is, I don't know if Spotify has some sort of, um, I'm not sure if it, what it's doing, but, um, it's, it's, there's a few, um, episodes on the podcast platform, Spotify, let this mind be a new podcast that, um, will play like the first two minutes and then the last two minutes it's it's really weird so i'm not sure what's going on with that especially since the all the other ones have good files so 
Not sure. But anyways, we're back in the book of Acts. So open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Last week I thought was great uh, introduction into the book of Acts. Um, We mentioned a few things there. So if you haven't watched the the first chapter of, of Acts, please go back there and do such. Okay, let me turn off the... Well, not turn off, but uh, get away from the chat a little bit. So I'll return to that here in a moment after we get done. Now, the the, the second chapter of Acts is quite large um, as far as a lot of chat, a lot of verses in the in the chapter. So I'm not quite sure if this will be a two parter or not. We'll just see um, what's in store for us tonight. All right, shall we? All right. Acts chapter two. Now, again, they had just got done in the upper room. They had. They had just chosen Matthias. Matthias uh, was the 12th chosen disciple now. Uh, remember last week we talked about all the qualifications he had to meet, and it was between Matthias and, uh, and, Ju- and Justice, uh, or Joseph called uh, Barsabas. That's right. And then Justice, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. So um, let's see. You can, so this Joseph called Barsabas was also surnamed Justice, and then Matthias. And Matthias won out uh, when they, when they, uh, they cast lots and everything like that. But, <clears throat> but anyways, uh, chapter two, verse number one. Now, this is a, a contentious chapter. Um, I'll give you just a little bit of uh, preview. Um, this this chapter right here plays into a lot of different uh, uh, denominations and everything like that, Um, even into what we would consider dispensational uh, denominations uh, or dispensational teaching. A lot of people consider themselves Acts 2 dispensational. Um, This is when the Holy Spirit comes. This is where the church starts. There's many other uh, teachings on Acts chapter 2. And then there's those that go even further to say that the Acts 2 and all the sign gifts that are going to be, we're going to talk about here in a moment, uh, those are still for today. Uh, those are still going on, uh, even to the point where we are Israel, um, these things are for us, and all these other kinds of things. I, I guess I would say that over the years, I've always been dispensational. God has dispensed his grace uh, it's always been about grace. It's never been about works throughout all of mankind's history. It's by faith. Um, now, he tells them to do certain things throughout that, and by faith they have to accept it and do those things. But the works aren't, aren't the element of it. It's you know showing that they have that believing faith by doing what he told them to do. For a perfect example I bring up all the time is Noah. Uh, Noah could have believed God all he wanted to, but if he didn't go through with what God told him to do, which was to build an ark, we would not be sitting here today. Um, of course, he believed him, and he was saved from the the flood. And there's just some examples uh, that we can bring up. And for many, many years, I, I would consider myself, you know, Acts 2. All right, so this is when the church actually starts. This is after the death of the testator. Jesus has died. I, I always went to Hebrews 9. You know, this is the after the death of the testator. Jesus tells him to stick around Jerusalem. And the Holy Spirit comes down, and there's the church, you know, and 3,000 were added, and the whole nine yards of, of, of Acts chapter 2. Um, I, don't, I don't fall in any camp 
now. Okay, but what I do tend to see more and more, and if you've gone back through my teaching over the past several years, uh, the way that I, I read the Bible, rightly divided now, just just going and seeing what it says, that there's there's too many there's too many indicators that this is not us, the body of Christ today. Um, and for many, 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 many reasons, but we'll get into some of those maybe potentially, but, uh, like I said, it's just by way of introduction, a contentious chapter. And I'm sure already if somebody is new and, you know, that's watching this for the first time, they may be typing out a comment or whatever. But as we go through this, remember what just took place, you know, let's give a little bit of a context here. What just took place was Jesus was was crucified, he was buried, he rose again on the third day according to scriptures, and then he walked among them, showed himself openly, many infallible proofs as we read in chapter 1. Uh, many, many people saw him for 40 days. And then he ascended into heaven and he tells his disciples, don't leave Jerusalem and then because uh, I'm about to empower you. Seven days later, a week later from that uh, ascension into heaven, and remember the you know the the messengers are standing there. Why stand ye gazing? And Jesus ascends into heaven, and then they go to this upper room and they're by themselves for a week. There's about 120. There's 120 of them about you know as it says there in chapter one that are in this upper room and abiding together. They're praying with each other. They're they're um, exhorting one another. You know, encouraging each other. And then this event takes place but why are they still in jerusalem why stay there well one jesus told them to and then the biggest reason the biggest reason beyond even that jesus told them to is because they expected the kingdom to come in remember in chapter one they they asked him when are you going to start it he says it's not time for you to know i'm going to just stay in jerusalem okay all right lord and they do so now here's the event that um, is about to take place at the day of Pentecost. Now, Pentecost isn't something that you see a Pentecostal church and you think, well, you know, that's great. You know, they're at this day of Pentecost. But what is it? Pentecost is one another one of the feast days in the Jewish calendar. Um, Pentecost is also 50 days uh, beyond the Passover. OK, so 50 days beyond the Passover. And I've talked about that before. I don't believe that that. That is by accident, that number 50. Uh, 50 is the number of Jubilee, which is the deliverance, the, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit that comes and delivers them from their fear, their bondage, you know, that, that's, that has them sealed into the kingdom, uh, gives them mighty deeds and power, and, 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 and the, the, the Spirit of God falls upon them um, on the 50th day, which is also stands for Jubilee. But Again, I've gone through that timeline before. Three days and three nights from Passover, Jesus rises from the dead, shows himself for 40 days. That's, not, that's a total of 43 days. And then for seven days, which is a week, Daniel's 70th week, there is no Holy Spirit. There is no comforter. There is no all the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelling with them. He is in heaven at the right hand. They're without the Holy Spirit for one week. Don't think that's an accident. Anyways, let's find out now in Acts chapter 2 what happens. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven 
as of a rushing mighty wind. It, it wasn't a mighty wind that was rushing through there. The language is very clear here. It's it's using symbolic language. It's saying that it, this it the closest thing that they can make a sound to was a mighty rushing wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Once again, people get these images, they, they paintings, uh, you know, they'll put them up on their church. They'll have this, this cloven tongue of fire, you know, with a, with a spirit dove and like all these other kinds of images that they put on there. But again, like as of fire doesn't mean that it was a cloven tongue of fire, an actual cloven tongue of fire. That's just what it resembled. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak. Key this in your Bible, please. Get you a King James Bible and key this. With other tongues. Other tongues meaning than what their native language would be. Now, more than likely they spoke Hebrew. That's the way that they would have been raised to read the Torah and all these other kinds of things. Um, you know, that's how they would have been raised. But... Uh, there would have been, uh, you know, other kind of like languages, like, you know, I give you an example, like the, the kind of like a dialect of things, like uh, even a little girl at Jesus's uh, trial says, aren't you one of them Galileans? Your voice kind of, you know, there's a, they say to him, Peter, your voice betrays you, your, your speech betrays you, you're, you're one of them northerners, you're, you're, a, you're a Galilean. Um, so, but that's not saying that he's speaking with some unknown tongue to the entire world. It's other tongues. And I'll show you why that's so important here in a moment. As the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem. I want you to understand this word. To, like, just, again, key this. What the Word of God says plainly, okay? Jerusalem, Jews. That's a good place for Jews to be, is a Jerusalem. Devout men out of... And I, I read this verse probably, I don't know, I don't want to exaggerate and say a thousand times, but a lot. But about, about I don't know, right after I got back off deployment, about a year ago, I was reading through this, and when I saw this phrase, it wasn't like there was an audible voice that spoke to me in some big revelation. It's right here in black and white, but it just never dawned to me, this phrase right here, in verse number five, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, I tend to believe the Bible for what it says. It doesn't say like as unto every nation under, uh, under the heaven. It means every nation under heaven, meaning the entire world. There was somebody there that represented the entire world. Now, was there a Native American there, uh, Brother Mike? There would have been somebody that was of every nation, people group, or had touch, can touch base with every people group around the world. I truly believe that. That's what the Bible says. Every nation, every, not just some, every nation under heaven. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you why I think that's important in just one second. But they were noticed that they were called devout men, Jews. Now, how can that be the case if they're out of every nation under heaven? How can they be considered Jews? 
Well, once again, in God's dispensation, this system, this kingdom gospel that uh, that was brought to just the Jews. Remember, Jesus tells his disciples as much. Don't take this outside of the house of Israel. This message is for you. And you'll see what Peter preaches here in a moment is very kingdom promised Israel, remnant Israel, the little for the little flock. I mean, it, it is plain as day. But these devout men were from every nation under heaven. They were brought in through the nation of Israel. All believing Israel. And these were devout men. These weren't some people that were just, you know, oh, well, you know, I guess it's time to go up to the temple again. These were devout men out of every nation under heaven. And it says that they were in Jerusalem. So if they're from every nation under heaven, they traveled thousands upon thousands upon thousands of miles and it's not like we get into our high-speed jets today and, and fly to israel i can be to israel let's see i would have to go up to probably jfk that would take about six hours or so maybe a little bit of a layover but total air time about another 10 hours i would say maybe to or maybe less than that maybe eight to turkey and then turkey down to my point is in less than 24 hours Anywhere on this, on this earth, we can be in Israel, not them. Devout men. And when it says, well, what I told you that, that stood out to me is that Jesus Christ in chapter 1 tells them something. It's very interesting. He says in verse number 8, but ye shall receive power. This is verse uh, 8 of chapter 1. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, which they all do, yes, of course, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You mean all the nations under heaven, the uttermost parts of the earth? When does the disciples, because he's speaking to them, this, this isn't the Lord speaking to you 2,000 years later or something like that. He's literally telling them not to leave Jerusalem. Now, this entire... Uh, directive from the Lord Jesus Christ to his disciples was to one, not leave Jerusalem. Now we're already violating that because I'm in Mississippi and you're wherever you're at. If you're not in Jerusalem or stayed there, your entire, you know, born and raised there and so forth and so on. You understand what I'm saying? This is not directives and directions to you. Don't leave Jerusalem. It's the first thing. You're going to receive power and you're going to be witnesses of me He's speaking to his disciples, the 12 or the 11 at this moment, and to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. And then I come to chapter two in verse number five. And lo and behold, out of every nation under, under heaven, they're about to hear this message. The witness of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, as the prophets foretold would happen, and you'll see Peter preach it here in a moment. And they're going to say to themselves, wow, I can't believe the, the, the wild luck that we're all just happened to be here on the 50th day past Passover and, and all of every nation under heaven. And somehow or another, here in a moment we'll see, they all hear their own language spoken by these 12 Galileans and Nazareth, people from Nazareth, you know, in the Galilee, Sea of Galilee region. And how do these people know my language? They hear their own language. 
Not some unknown language. Not some spooky baptism of the Holy Ghost and now I'm speaking in a language that nobody understands. It's speaking in a known language, just unknown to them prior to this moment. And look at what came to now verse six, back in chapter two. Now when this was noised abroad, when I mean this would the news was spreading pretty quick. I walked through Jerusalem, walked all around Jerusalem, the old city and just, you know, all that portion of there. Doesn't take long. It's a busy happening place, especially, you know, 2000 years ago in, in the in you know, the bustle, of, hustle and bustle of the Passover season. And now, you know, the the at the day of Pentecost and the feast of the Pentecost, there have been it would have been incredibly busy. And here noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. Now, were they speaking all the languages between the 12 of them? I don't know. They, they were speaking with other tongues. It says that in verse number four. But every nation under heaven hears, as it says here, them speak in his own language. Now, remember what we talked about last week? How many bounds of habitation are there in the entire earth? According to the Bible, there's 12. And just so happens, you know, I'm sure just by coincidence that they... Now they have the 12th. Matthias, he's picked because the bishopric of, of Judas fell and he, he lost his, his inheritance and his, his throne, the, the ruling over one of those 12 boundaries as one of the 12 chosen disciples of Jesus Christ. But here's Matthias now, day of Pentecost, one of the 12, and wouldn't you know it, every nation under heaven hears their own language by the 12 disciples over the 12 bounds of habitation that they will rule over in the millennial kingdom as promised. And we talked about it last week. Go back then. And if you missed last week, go back and uh, look at that. Verse seven though. And they were all amazed and marveled saying one to another, behold, are we, are not all these which speak Galileans? Again, like I said, it's sort of a, it's not a slight. It's just, it's, it's, they're befuddled. They're completely in shock. These are Galileans. They're, these aren't like highly educated people out of like Rome University or something like that. They're Galileans. They're fishermen for the most part. Probably the smartest one, the most educated one was probably Matthew. He worked for the Romans as a, as a tax collector. So probably knew math pretty well, you know, but here they're here in their own language here and how here, verse number eight, we, every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born. And now it lists everyone everywhere. And again, you can find the 12 bounds of habitation somewhere in here. And again, like I said before, I don't know what those are, but God knows. And he knew exactly what he was doing. When he had all these men, devout men, Jews from all over every nation under heaven. Verse 9, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia, Perga and Pamphylia and Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. <clears throat> that means even if they came from Rome, which was the capital of the known world at that time, 
you know, they they had conquered the majority of of the of the earth that we we would consider the known earth at that time. <coughs> Excuse me. Jews and proselytes, the ones that were brought in under the nation of Israel, Gentiles. They were no longer Gentiles, though, because they had converted. That means that they a lot of things would have had to happen. One mainly being circumcised as a male in the flesh, no matter how old they were when they came in, believing I believe in the one true God, Jehovah. I, you know, they they lived. They, they came through the nation. You can look back in the Old Testament about that. And by the way, I, I this just hit me, and I, I just got to bring this up. It's something I talked about before, but you know, I have um, you know an, an interracial marriage, quote unquote, interracial marriage. Uh, that's been viewed quite a few times, and I've gotten quite a bit of pushback <laughs> on that. But if Jews were not allowed to marry Gentiles outside of the, the 12 tribes, you know, like the marry Gentiles, somebody that was not in one of the 12 tribes of Israel, if they were not allowed to because of some sort of race, racial kind of thing, then God wouldn't have gave them any sort of way to bring those people in and to marry with them. It had to do with them drawing them away to false idols and gods and stuff like that. But if they came in and they became proselyte, they lived as a Jew. They lived as an as Israelite. They, they, they worshiped the one true God. He gives them ways of marrying even them because they're no longer considered Gentiles. They're considered proselyte Jews no matter what color they were. I just had to throw that in for free. Take with it what you will. All right, moving on. Cretes, Arabians, verse number 11. We do hear them speak in, uh, in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others, there's always these in the bunch, mocking said, these men are full of new wine. They're drunk. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, <clears throat> lifted up his voice and said unto them, notice it's Peter taking charge. He was given the keys, right? You know, he's he's in charge. This is, you know, we don't, I, I'm sure he would say, I, you don't venerate me. I'm, I'm not the Pope, you know, all these other kinds of things. But Peter is the leader of these apostles here, the twelve. And he stands up with the eleven, lifted up his voice, and said unto them, Ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem. We already know who they are. We, we've talked about this already. Be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is going to be found in Joel chapter 2, in verse number 28. And it shall come to pass... In the last days, now wait a minute, that was 2,000 years ago. How is these the last days? Because these same things are going to be going on in the last days. Not now, but in the time of Jacob's trouble. We'll get into all that, but I've talked about it quite a few times. They will once again be speaking in unknown tongues to them. They'll be able to do all these things because it's in prophecy for during the time of Jacob's trouble, that seven years of a period where the Holy Spirit isn't with them, but will come upon those certain ones 
but won't indwell them. We, we can talk about more of that at some other time, but go back to the, like, I've talked about this quite a bit, but he says to them that spoken by the prophet Joel, and you can look this up, and like I said, in chapter 2 of Joel, verse number 28, and it, came, and it shall come to pass in the, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. By the way, people aren't seeing visions and, and dreams. If somebody, you hear that come out of somebody's mouth, I had a vision or I had a dream, and now here's the words of the Lord. He gave us his completed scripture here. We have the preserved word of God, but when there's a dearth in the land, I believe it's found in the book of Amos, a famine of the word of God. This will be persecuted. This will be... Very hard to find, I, I guarantee you, during Daniel's 70th week. Then they shall be dreaming dreams and seeing visions and giving the word of the Lord to people that will hear all around the world, that will hear them in their own tongue. And on my servants, by the way, those are going to be, the majority of those is going to be 144,000, 12,000 from each of the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, again, like I said, there's too many things in here to be just coincidence. Anyways, moving on, verse 18, and all my servants and all my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy and I will show wonders in heaven above. I wonder when this is going to be. We just finished the book of Revelation, so go back and look at all those wonders that are going to be happening in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke. Now, are we living in the last days? Is anybody noticing? Now, I will tell you, it's pretty much fire down here in the, in the Gulf Coast of Mississippi right now. It's definitely hot. Go into Texas. You're at 115 where my dad is, and it's it's definitely hot. But it's not. There's not fire raining down from heaven. There's not blood raining down. These things will happen. Go back to the Book of Revelation though, and see when. All right. Vapor of smoke, the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great notable day of the Lord come. That's before, that's when at the end of the time of Jacob's trouble, the end of Daniel's 70th week, Jesus does come a second time in the clouds back to the same Mount of Olives, the, the mountain range there that he ascended from, just as we talked about in, in Acts chapter one last week. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you're receiving the mark of the beast during that time and you have your, your blasph one of those blasphemers of God and you're not calling upon his name, you're, not, you're, you're in some serious trouble, mainly at the judgment of the sheep and goats. But at the battle of Armageddon, those that come up against the Lord God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, as he comes in might and power, they won't be saved. There's no saving them. But he shall save those that call him. Now look, verse 22. Look at the audience again. Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs. Jesus came, I, I'm going through a, a series um, over at the local body of believers that I, I help out with over in Slidell, 
We've been talking about Jesus's earthly ministry and how he proved who he said he was, which was God manifest in flesh that came as their Messiah. This is the same one. Peter's talking about Jesus right now, saying these things, miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. Hmm. Ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain. Notice the condemnation here. These same men, more than likely, more than likely, 50 days prior, devout Jews out of every nation under heaven were probably the same ones yelling, crucify this blasphemer, crucify this, this, this blasphemous man that says he is God. The great I am. The one who said that Abraham rejoiced to see his day. How did it crucify him? Maybe even the same ones that were in town in time to be laying palms down prior to the crucifixion saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Hmm. He's condemning them for not accepting their Messiah. 24, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. <clears throat> Why? Because he's God manifest in flesh. Christ. The, the, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one that was from, which was from the beginning. The one that created all things, and by him all things consist. Him. Who humbled himself, according to Philippians 2, and took on a form of a servant. And humbled himself even to the death of the cross. No one killed him. He laid down his life. He humbled himself to his own creation even to save his creation. Man. Man created after his own image. By the way. Oh, what a savior. But it says here, for David, uh, this is King David, <clears throat> speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord... Always before my face, for he is on my right hand, and I shall not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. <coughs> I've not been feeling very well. I apologize. <clears throat> because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine Holy One, the Holy One. You mean Creator God? Mm -hmm. To see corruption. Psalm 16:10 Thou hast made known to me the ways of life thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance men and brethren here's Peter speaking again let me uh, uh, uh continuing to speak but now not quoting scripture one of the psalms men and brethren let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David that he is both dead and buried in fact I went to his they still have it in Jerusalem today you can go visit king David's tomb and it's King David's tomb. And it's incredible. I got some video. Um, I think that's on this channel. If you're on uh, Let This Mind Be In You on the Facebook channel or YouTube, look up uh, Jerusalem. Uh, if you search that and the type it in, you can watch the video as I walk through Jerusalem. And one of the main, th you know, it was a, it was a, it was a sight to see uh, King David's um, tomb. And uh, the men, devout men, by the way. Orthodox Jews praying 
you know, rocking back and forth and repeating prayers and, and, and different things. If they only were standing 2,000 years ago near that spot, they would have heard these words. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he's both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, wait, he was a king, but he's a prophet. He was given the scriptures, Psalms, you know, the, all the Psalms of David and stuff like that were inspired as the Holy Spirit inspired him to write, it's a preserved word. He's a prophet and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, the, <clears throat> the seed of David, Jesus Christ, according to the flesh, notice that the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh. Yes, he came through the lineage of David, both on his, you know, Joseph's sides and Mary, but he was not of this earth. He was born of the Holy Spirit carried by a woman that was of the seed of David. He was of the tribe of Judah. He would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Now, if you read that, you think, oh, of course, he's going to sit on the throne in heaven and everything's good to go. No, this is speaking about his millennial reign kingdom. This is, again, why I keep kind of stressing that this is not a period of time for us, the body of Christ. It's for these remnant believing Jews and those of every nation under heaven represented all the nations under heaven that will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years when he sits upon whose throne the same prophet this is the antecedent to that is speaking of David the throne of David in Jerusalem when he rules and reigns from Mount Zion in Jerusalem over all the earth and the Bible says he rules with a rod of iron with 12 disciples ruling over the 12 bounds of habitation and then all the others that were be judged and resurrected during that time again excuse me <clears throat> they will some will rule over 10 and some over hundreds just like the children of Israel came to Moses I believe it was his father-in-law and said you need people to help you well Christ obviously doesn't Jesus doesn't need anybody to help him but this is his millennial rewards from the judgment of the sheep and the goats for them to rule and reign with him. Those that were dead, that were risen, will rule and reign with him. Those that come through the time of Jacob's trouble alive, we'll have to talk about some other time. My dad asked me about that the other day and we had a good conversation. But anyways, just a little bit of a teaser there for something we, that may be coming down the road. But he would raise up Christ, verse number 30, to sit on his throne. This is speaking of David's throne in Jerusalem, as we just talked about. Verse 31. And I'm going to try to, I'm going to, I think we can probably finish tonight. Uh, chapter 2. <clears throat> He's seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell. We, of course, know that this was Abraham's bosom that was separated by a great gulf from hell. They just called it Sheol or, you know, you know that in the Greek, I believe it was Hades. But the, the point is, is that Abraham's bosom was emptied out. We, we talked about all this, but Christ went down and preached himself in Abraham's bosom. But he wasn't going to be left there because three days later he rose from the dead. It says neither his flesh did see corruption. Even Lazarus, after being there four days, stinketh, Lord. 
Surely he stinketh by now. He's four days. He's starting to corrupt. Jesus was in the grave for three days and three nights. Didn't see corruption. His all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. His is the 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 human form, fully God, fully man at the same time, made in like just like us, created in His image and from the beginning, body, soul, and a spirit. But as he, he was there buried in that borrowed tomb, he didn't see corruption. Verse 32, this Jesus had God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Go back to chapter 1. Many signs and um, in, uh, infallible, you know, what does it say there? Is it infallible? Infallible proofs. Yep. Verse 33, therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. Just as he promised in John chapter 14, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Christ in them at that point as the, is, he is the Holy Ghost. And by the way, I've been accused just recently of being a modalist. I'm not going to get into what everything what a modalist is, but I, you could, I could not be anywhere further from a modalist. A modalist believes that Jesus, God takes on the form of Jesus or takes on the form of the Father or takes on the form of the Holy Spirit when he wants to. No, he's three separate members of one God, body, soul, and spirit. They're separate, distinct. They act independently of each other, but there's only one God. Okay? Okay. Uh, verse 34, for David is not ascended into the heavens. He hasn't ascended into the heavens. What does that mean? Isn't he, isn't he, uh, got his new body? Isn't he resurrected? No, he's no, he's one of the souls under the altar waiting for his resurrection, which will not take place when us, the body of Christ, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we, which are alive and remain shall be caught up. That's not when David's being resurrected. He's being resurrected. At blessed is he that takes part in the first resurrection found in Revelation 20. But again, I've talked about this quite a bit. But he saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. That's found in Psalms 110, verse number one. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's a great question. They're devout men. They knew what the scripture said. They knew what Joel said. They knew what Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. They knew what David had said. They read his, his all the Psalms of David. They knew uh, the prophet Daniel. They knew the prophet Isaiah and Jeremiah, the weeping prophet. They knew these things. And when they heard these things from Peter, as he expounded on the scriptures, as the Holy Ghost filled him, and as he said to them in their own, and they heard in their own tongue, their own language, Great question. Well, what are we going to do? Now, a lot of people have trouble with the next couple of verses here. I want you to understand something. As I said at the beginning, salvation is not of works. It's not of baptism. It's not of any of this stuff. It's by faith in what Christ says to do. 
So let's see what Peter gives as a response. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. I thought the shedding of blood was for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, people have trouble with that. I think we can talk about that a little bit more next week. But that's not the gospel of our salvation today. Repent. Yes, there's repentance. Knowing that your sins placed Jesus on the cross. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4 says that he died according to the scriptures for sins. Your sins, plural, all of them. Not just one sin, the sin of unbelief. No, your sins separated you. You were born a sinful, natural man. And him dying on the cross as God manifest in the flesh was buried, rose again on the third day according to scriptures. And you believing he was who he said he was and died for your sins, knowing that your sins is what he came to die for. You believe that by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Even back here 2,000 years ago in Peter's group, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. But they had to repent <clears throat> from crucifying him. And you, that was their king. You're not supposed to kill your own king, especially over the kingdom that you've been promised for forever. They had to repent. And they had to believe he was who he said he was, their Messiah, God manifest in flesh, and be baptized for the remission of sins. <clears throat> Why were they baptized? I've talked about this before. They were baptized because they're going to be priests in the millennial reign. Every one of them guys that are here, that are about to, died. And they'll be resurrected at the beginning of the thousand-year reign of Christ, the, in the first resurrection, and because they've been baptized by water, the cleansing, of course, they receive the Holy Ghost. This is what seals them. This is what they're, they, they're not going to lose their salvation, you know, quote-unquote, you know, oh, they're, they're going to lose their salvation if they don't continue and all these other kinds of things. No. Salvation is of Christ alone. Him alone, his salvation, that his righteousness applied to you. His spirit that seals you. Their day of redemption, though, is not the same day as my redemption, which is the catching away of the body of Christ. And as I've talked about that, three resurrections, three judgments that follow, and three rewards that follow those judgments. And just by quickly... You can look up the video. Ours is the uh, judgment. Ours is the resurrection of the dead in Christ. We which are alive and remain, we caught up. Judgment seat of Christ. And we are ruling with him from New Jerusalem, a.k.a. heaven, for all of eternity. That's our reward. The gold, silver, precious stones that's left over from the judgment seat of Christ for all these works that we did of ourselves are going to be wood, hay, and stubble. It's just going to get burnt up. And all that remains is what we cast before him. That's our reward is to worship him and to reign and dwell with him forever as the body of Christ when he rules and reigns from New Jerusalem. The first resurrection 
where this group, David, as I've talked about already, are resurrected, given their new bodies. They will rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years based upon the judgment of the sheep and the goats. And then they're given the new earth when he makes all things new. By the way, that, that deals with the believing few that are still alive at the end of the thousand year. I, I believe there's going to be some that are alive that are, resur- that are given new bodies in that um, when he makes all things new. But again, I, talk, I talked to my dad about that quite a bit the other day, and uh, I'll talk about that at some point in time. And then the third resurrection is though all those down through the ages that are not found in the book of life will be resurrected given a body that will live for eternity and their judgment is the great white throne judgment where their names not found in the book of life because his blood, his atonement, his righteousness was not applied to them because they wanted to do their own way all the way from Cain on down and their destination, their reward, so to speak is the lake of fire for all of eternity. For the promise, going back to chapter 2, verse 39, and we'll wrap it up. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off. Proselyte, those that are all around the world that come in believing this message during this brief period, I believe, not a very long period of time where this kingdom gospel is being preached, this good news that those believers that were waiting on the Messiah to come all the way around the world These are going to go off into all the uttermost parts of the earth, back to their homeland. And that's why I believe, and I've said it, even though it's not, I know it's not exactly accurate as far as to say that the Great Commission was fulfilled right here at the day of Pentecost. But all these people do return home eventually. They stay in Jerusalem for quite a while, and then they get dispersed by Saul uh, in in much persecution. But we'll get to that later on. The point is, is that they go off and they preach this message, this good news, the Lord God shall call. And with many other words, verse 40, did he testify and exhort saying, now this entire message is not all found here. There's many other things that he says, it's not recorded. But he says here, save yourselves from this untoward generation. You know, the same generation that said, let his blood be upon our hands and our children's hands. Let him, yeah, save yourself from this untoward generation by believing by faith that Jesus is who he said he was and that he died, was buried, and rose again. Well, isn't that what we believe? Yes, we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But there's no baptism that's required in for a priesthood and all these other kinds of things. We've talked about the differences before, but the point is, is that he says to them, save yourself from this untoward generation. Verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Of course they were. And the same day were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Which doctrine? The apostles. Uh, You mean the apostle Paul when he tells uh, Timothy and Titus and others to continue thou In the doctrine, stand fast in the doctrine which I have given to you. You mean that doctrine or a different doctrine? Answer that question in your own minds here. Because Paul is nowhere to be found here. It's a young Saul running around somewhere in the Sanhedrin. But they were added. 
They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They stayed there, fellowship with them, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And they sold all they had and had everything in common, just like Jesus told them to do. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Signs will be that, that follow you. Remember in Matthew, but more specifically in the Great Commission account in Mark, where he says, these signs shall follow after. I, you know, I, I haven't handled snakes and all these other kinds of things that people think that that's about them to do. And I watched a video the other day, just a guy handling snakes and got bit. Come on, folks. But the, the, the many signs were done by the, the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need, as Christ told them to do. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Why did they go into the temple? Because they were still Jews. Hmm. And that's where they would gather a place and they would tell about Jesus who had just been crucified. Not very many, you know, like a couple months ago. Huh. And breaking bread from house to house. Did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church, the ecclesia, the called out assembly of believing remnant Israel, which wasn't very many. Whoa, man, that's 3,000. That's a lot. Not when you consider the entire earth at that time. Yeah. But praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Okay. Lots of cover there. I know we, we came through it all. Uh, whew, it was about an hour. Sorry about that, but a little bit long tonight. But let's go into the comments. We'll, we'll get more into it. I love Acts chapter 3 when Peter preaches uh, another time. And uh, so we'll talk about that, Lord willing, um, as far as if we're still here. And uh, Lord willing, next week we'll get into Acts chapter 3. Okay, let's go over to the comment section. I haven't looked at it this entire time. Okay, so on YouTube, Brother Ken says Acts 2, 44 and 46, through 46, which we just got done reading. But then he gives Matthew 19, 21. So let's see what Brother Ken's talking about here. Let's see what the brother has added to us here. So verse 44 through 46, they, were, they had all things in common. Okay, I think that I know where you're going. Matthew 19, 21 is <clears throat> what I was talking about with as Christ had commanded them to do. Matthew 19, <clears throat> and I've had this frog in my throat um, for a little while. So again, I apologize for clearing my throat here. Matthew 19, verse 21. If I had my old soundboard, uh, the one that I had when I had the studio, which is in a box in storage. But uh, if I had that, I can hit the cough button. But the majority of this this uh, this this broadcast would have been uh, muted. <laughs> but anyways, Matthew 19, verse number 21. Jesus said unto them, If thou wilt be perfect or complete, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, in the kingdom of heaven. <laughs> and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possession. Yeah. 
If you're not willing to sell all you have and forsake all, you won't have your part in the kingdom. Okay. Let's get over here to Facebook. See the... Uh, well, that's kind of strange. Uh, Brother Dave, you said buy, and then Acts chapter 2. Was there... Was there a comment that I missed or that was uh, removed by chance? I don't know. You have to explain that to me. Text me, Brother Dave. Uh, let's see. Just said bye and then just, uh, you know, like you say goodbye to somebody. And then Acts chapter 2. So I'm not quite sure what that's about, but that's okay. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for tonight. I, I really do hope. I do pray. That uh, you take the Bible for what it says, rightly divided, look at it in context, dig deep into the scripture, see what it says. <clears throat> see when there's times where you go, hmm, may, that makes you think like, why, why is that? And really study it out. And uh, again, if we don't come to the, you know, if, if there's some sort of... Um, disagreement over some things I, I want to tell you this one more time there is salvation in none other than jesus christ all are in christ there will be nobody that stands before any judgment seat one day and says i made it to my reward by myself not one not one single ounce or speck of their own righteousness because it's all as filthy rags to a holy god and that no man, no man, throughout all ages, no man, woman, boy, girl, child, not no one comes unto the Father. No one comes to God but by through him, but by me, Jesus said. All right, well, that's it for tonight. Join me again for Acts chapter 3. Please, please, please. Hi, Sister Diane. Please, please, please tell everybody about the, about the channel. Um, challenge you can always write me <laughs> at ltmbiy at yahoo.com that's ltmbiy at yahoo.com sometimes if we need to have more of a conversation I'll even give you my personal number maybe <laughs> but anyways that's all we have for tonight God bless you thank you for joining me on let this mind be in you I'm brother Michael D'Angelo hope to see you again next week invite some friends next time shall you and uh, go back to all the playlists and watch all the, the past episodes. They're all available for you. Again, thank you. God bless. And I'll see you next time, Lord willing.